0: Every time I start to type GameStop on my iPhone keyboard, it comes up as a suggestion. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And it turns out that uh, during the episode of the Insert Credit Podcast recording, when we uh, coined the phrase GameStoppetop, I put a shortcut into my iOS keyboard. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Insert Credit. The only show on the internet in which we weekly deliver the loudest news, reviews, tips, and tricks fresh dripped hot from the bottom of video games themselves. In each of our ten wild segments, we have six minutes to puncture your eardrums with the sick truth. If we can't reach a conclusive consensus within the time limit, listeners and participants alike suffer the buzzer. And now, your host... Alex Jaffe. Jaffe. Jaffe.
1: This guy, our insert credit. Welcome to the only Uh-oh. hour-long video game talk show where the participants are forced to come into agreement every six minutes or face horrible audio consequences. I'm Alex Jaffe. And the last co-op game I played with a stranger was Pretty Soldier Sailor Moon.
2: Oh, uh, I'm Frank Cifaldi, and the last co-op game I played with a stranger... Oh, it was an NBA Jam cabinet at MAGFest uh, in January national beef academy jam yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's a game
0: about cows right
1: <laughs> yeah it's about uh, how to pair the best cuts of meat with the best uh, jelly preservatives
0: national beef academy presents jam national beef academy right let's well, do yeah. Tim? Uh, my name is tim rogers and the last co-op game i played with a stranger was uh i, I don't think i have an answer off the top of my head, <laughs> uh, so
2: I didn't either. I actually my, uh, my, played competitively against the guy. I'm just going to come clean. Right my
0: now. immediate answer was uh, was something a, a little bit too uh, a little bit too uh, you know uh, personal for uh, this uh, this show. Uh,
1: <laughs> that kind of co op game.
3: Well, uh, my name's Brandon Sheffield, and I think the last co op game I played with a stranger was Magic Sword at California Extreme Arcade Expo. Oh, man. It's not a very exciting story. but No,
2: but it's like, when else are you going to play co-op with a stranger other than oh, right. on, on one of them arcade cabinets?
3: I mean, I do, if, if it were further back, there were times when, for example, a bunch of people would get together and at someone's house and play like some of those multiplayer, couch multiplayer, Xbox Live Indie games or something, like that That hidden in plain sight game, if you remember that one. That game one. Owns. Yeah, that game's <laughs> Yeah. Had a lot of good ideas, didn't have a lot of graphics, but it didn't matter because it was like a really good 8-player uh, bunch of m- weird mini-games. That game was great for doing that sort of thing. And, Just uh, all
0: instantly appealing, instantly interesting mechanics in that little game, yeah. Yeah,
3: 100%. Just the, the fact is that was like 8 years ago, so I, I couldn't say it was the most recent.
0: I remember playing that and being like, Chris Hecker had yet to release Spy Party in any publicly available form at that time. And I'm like, oh, man, like, wow, you just kind of getting your stuff stepped on here. Uh, (laughs) It had so many, like, not just Spy Party ideas, though, ideas that ran with a whole bunch of little what ifs on Spy Party. Definitely. Kind of a neat game. It kind of felt
3: like someone read about Spy Party and was like, hmm, what if I did something like that and then just did it? five times as fast or uh, 10 times as fast. And uh, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I was yeah. going to
2: make the joke about the, the dev time on that game, but there it is. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, I feel like, uh, I mean, I don't want
0: to like, like uh kind of, you know, profile the person who made hidden in plain sight too much, though. It feels like somebody heard about spy party and was like, I want to learn how to make video games. I'm just going to try to make some stuff that I think about as I try to remake something like spy party. And then they just made a million different
3: variations of it in one game.
1: And it was very good. He was having a little try party A little yeah. tri-party, yeah.
3: Does anyone mind if I talk about my GameStop
1: experience for well, a minute? Well, hold on. Uh, okay. GameStop. To you were the one who won last week's episode in right. our lightning round. Oh, uh, do you have a question, or would you like to relinquish your time to Brandon?
0: Um, I don't want to relinquish nothing, but... uh.
3: <laughs> uh uh, oh! I'll, I'll only talk about it for one minute, and then you can think about your question during that time. How about can, that? one minute on the clock? Go!
0: I can okay. think about my question.
3: So I ordered seventeen games from GameStop during their fifty percent off. If you buy more than five things that are under twenty dollars sale, and uh, I was excited about them because there was a lot of good stuff in there. So, I got an email saying, We have received your order. It will be processed. It is being processed. And then I received another email the next day saying, Your order has been successfully canceled, which was not something that I requested. So, I called them, waited on the phone for literally two hours, talked to one person who couldn't solve my problem, who then forwarded me to another person who suggested that it was a problem with my payment system and that he would forward me to someone that who then I could reorder with because what I found out later is probably people thought I was a reseller because I used my Necrosoft games card. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. So he forwarded me to the online sales department and during his forward, he uh, connected me to a number that had changed and which hung up on me after two hours uh, at this point, two and a half hours of waiting. So I then decided to reply to the email, the cancellation email that said, if you have any questions, Please reply to this email and we will get right back to you. And I received an auto reply email from them saying, This is an unmonitored inbox. Uh, your replies <laughs> will not be read. So they've created quite the labyrinth to prevent me from giving them money for their product. So if you wondered why uh, GameStop is having any trouble, that's probably a little bit of a part of it.
0: That would be it. GameStop.
2: If your last name is Games, don't try ordering.
0: Lord, video games, man! I'm telling you what; those games need to stop. Yeah, right.
1: Tim, Uh, we need to. Yeah, we need to start this show. Tim, what's your first topic?
0: I don't have one. Can we? Can I do it later?
1: (laughs) Yes, you can do it later.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, try to try to spring it on me. I'll I'll try to develop the topic as we go on during the show. Okay, let's let's get
1: into current events. Uh, Question number two. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two are being remastered, yeah. allegedly with the skaters' models updated to look how they appear today.
3: got I hope so. Why
4: do
0: what? Why do, Why do we keep saying allegedly? It's It's true. Have you not watched their little live stream? I watched their little live stream yesterday. It's It's real. They just okay. They said it and they showed it. It's okay. Not it's alleged real to me. It's not alleged. Okay. It's real. It's, it's confirmed. It's a nice, sweet little thing they did. I think I would so, say. So,
1: what other games would uh, benefit from similar updates?
0: Uh, Super Mario, all all the yeah. Mario games. I want to see what Mario looks like now. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> I, they they re- they revealed that new Paper Mario today. You all see yeah. that? Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: We know what he looks like now. He's paper.
0: I love seeing people uh be impressed by Paper Mario. First of all, because uh, that's like it, it doesn't a Paper Mario game like come out and then it's always just a a big old pile of slop, part nonsense. Anyway, Mario still looks like a twelve year old with a mustache in the Paper Mario games. I want to see him how he would
3: look in real life,
0: because in 1982 he had a full mustache, and
3: was yeah. Able how long cl- must that thing be now? It's probably down to his ankles. Yeah, I mean he's uh, got it.
0: He's got to be gross looking now. <laughs> I'm imagining he looks real bad in real life now, and they keep using the uh, the, the, the 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 nice uh, skin polygons where he's got the nice rubbery, soft, beautiful baby boy skin. He's no. probably
2: got the chest hair that. You see, even when he has a shirt on, like
0: oh it's, yeah, it's it's just on. flying through yeah. the old inflational chest hair.
1: I mean, maybe they just stick Charles Martinet in the game and put a mustache on him. Oh god,
0: yeah. that would be that would be nightmare fuel for literally the rest of my life.
3: So that here's would, one which would, I think my life. they already should have updated this way. Uh, Streets of Rage four came out, you know, mm-hmm. and- yeah. And they sure did update Alex to be an older guy. And then they, they took, oh, I'm blanking. Is it Blaze, the Blaze. lady? Yeah, Blaze, yeah. yeah. They Blaze. took Blaze and were like, okay, you're still 26, but Alex, he's now 50. So you, <laughs> I would have liked to see Blaze just, you know, look her age the way Alex does. I think that would have been a, a good call in that particular instance. Go all the way or don't, you know? Right. Oh hey, here's another one, that Tokimeki Memorial game where it's you're you're like trying to date <laughs> a, a bunch of middle schoolers. Um, what they they were they were in middle school or whatever in 1991. Whenever that game came out, where are they now? I would I would be like let's let's date a bunch of 45 year old housewives. I'm that, not gonna that lie, that game probably exists. That would that would
0: be. Uh... <laughs> If it were officially licensed Tokimeki, that would would be hot as heck. It would be pretty cool, actually. actually.
2: So I was trying to think of a game that rendered a real-life person who looks significantly different now. Mm -hmm. Uh Best I could come up with was that I assume Brendan Fraser was in a Mummy game at some point. Had to have been. And he looks a lot different now. So it'd be kind of fun to play as a Chunky Brendan in a game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a robot now. Exactly. Right. He's a bronze <laughs> robot. I,
0: I ain't seen Brendan Fraser outside of uh, any of those like the when 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 a bunch of weird psychopath uh, yacht owning corona drinking narcs bought the company that I was working for and they forced us to run those viral uh clickbait ads at the bottoms of all of our posts, which crammed and slowed down the browser and got millions of complaints and that became the subject of all my tweets forever. That's the last time I saw Brendan Fraser was was in one of those little thumbnails. That's like, you won't believe what Brendan Fraser looks like now. And I was like, you know what? I've seen myself. I probably would. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, you know, I know if I click on this, my computer's going to uh, accumulate a bunch of rust and mold within like 30 <laughs> seconds. So I'm not going to do that. So that's the last time I saw Brent, So you know what? Yeah, I'd buy
3: that game for a okay. dollar. Put it on the Nintendo
2: Wii. Like me and Jaffe, you should maybe look into watching Doom Patrol then. Right. Oh, Doom oh, Patrol. Yeah. Okay, hey, I, I'll have a, I have check it
3: out. I have one here that is maybe, it might be a little rude. I don't know how people are, people are going to feel about this one. But uh, as a for instance, a game starring, a, a game which has Magic Johnson as a character in it. Ooh. Yeah. Uh,
2: Magic Johnson's Fast Break Basketball.
3: Right, Magic Johnson's Mm -hmm. fast break basketball Except now, Magic Johnson is a skeleton What, because he's dead Magic Johnson's not dead? Oh, he's not dead?
1: No (laughs) No Magic oh, Johnson wow. is one hundred percent alive. I'm sorry, Magic Johnson him in the grave. is kicking
0: wild. He is a he is a strong dude. Still, I, sh- I shouldn't
3: have put him in in the grave. I apologize. Okay, how about wow. uh, just mean a, a game where somebody's dead? Muhammad uh, Ali as a skeleton. Then,
1: Uh Muhammad Ali in Fight Night. Has Muhammad Ali been in it? Yeah, Fight Night. I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. First of all, at the he's time, he's got another Ma- game. The, he's got a game of the, the Genesis. Got his own the, game. At the, yeah. At the time, Muhammad right. Ali was was put into Fight Night. He was already suffering with a neurodegenerative disorder. Yep. Uh, so technically, he was being, uh, his younger self was already being yeah. presented at the time that the game was made. So it's not the same as uh, young, virile Tony Hawk in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1. It's a little bit grimly he, different, I would,
3: he I would had say. His own, he did have his own games, though, or at a, least one of them. A so. grim little difference, I would yeah. say. Just just a, a, a grim little one. Okay, a, l-
2: a little less grim would be uh, Minnesota Fats. There we go. Yeah. A skeleton oh, playing pool.
4: Yeah.
0: Minnesota Fats, that guy, man. What the heck? <laughs> I have he to dead? apologize to Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson's a goddamn legend, man. He's dunking his time.
2: right now. He's just dunking from 10 feet away. He's going to be right.
3: dunking over my grave.
0: One of my favorite t-shirts that I own, that I, I prize and treasure to this day, is my, my 1991 NBA Finals t-shirt so i love Is his full shirt. name
3: magical johnson
1: i guess we'll never know his it's actually uh, urban magic
0: user johnson because he's uh, a he's a mage my host guy johnson he's a
1: Here, <laughs> here's a question i think we could resolve in six minutes uh now that we're a few months out and starting to see the next generation begin how will people remember video games of the 2010s
3: Mm. Oh, they'll probably just forget about them entirely
1: yeah that's my thought
0: well there was Red Dead 1 and Red Dead 2 so that's yeah.
3: that's not a bad decade you know I think my not real answer f- for how they're going to remember the games of this generation is they're going to remember them through their frequent updates into the new generation <laughs> uh, and, and I don't mean that in a weird flippant way or anything because mm. these all these games are basically good looking enough that you can you can upgrade them somewhat cheaply. Like you can't upgrade a PlayStation one game to, to PS five without a whole lot of work, but a PS four game up to PS five, there's some stuff you can do, you know, like you can just put it on there kind of and have it running at 60 FPS at the highest graphic settings now. And it looks better, you know? Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Like with, with some of these Uncharted's and Last of Us and 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 whatnot, they'll they're just going to put them on there. The
0: old going uh, the 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 game liker conspiracy theorization where people are like, oh, can't they just export it in PS5 mode or whatever? Like when when uh the Wind Waker came out on the Nintendo Wii U, uh, Nintendo actually had the gumption to say that it took them six months to do, so that kind of uh spoiled everybody. And everyone's yeah. like, why can't other people take six months to if Nintendo did this massive, wonderful remake or remaster in six months, isn't there just a button people can click that can export it in a better uh better graphics the six or month whatever? Button. It's like that's actually not a, that's definitely not a thing, but it's closer to being a thing now than it was before. Right. Yeah. I can run some stuff on my uh my PC, some old stuff, and it just looks good and the newer the old stuff the better it looks. I ran that Grand Theft Auto 5 the other day in 240 frames per second in 1080p in like not max but near max settings. Looks incredible. That's a, going on that's a 7-year-old game, you know. Yeah. So games of the 2010s are just going to kind of uh I think they're just going to kind of Well, I mean okay, what what are the games of the 2010s though? Well, There's I feel a, like
2: you know, I feel like most of them are those just hyper cinematic, unreal looking games, right? It's the yeah. Uncharted's and the, the Gods and of war and games.
1: I mean, Skyrim came out in 2011 and people still don't. Sure. I mean, yeah. there's other
2: stuff. Yeah. But, but I think when we kind of like when we think about the 50s, we think about sock hops or whatever. I think when we think about the 2010s in games, you know, I, I have a feeling that the cinematic video game is not really going to be a major category 10 years from now. I kind of feel like we're kind of full circling back to video games. So I can see that sort of being like what we think of when we think of this deck.
3: Well, yeah, there's another aspect to it where like, you know, in, in the 2010s, that was when basically the, the so-called double A or, or just sort of the middle tier of game development almost went away. Um, because we, we had a bunch of it in the, Xbox 360 PS3 era and then now we have like AAA 500 person studios and indie studios with 10 people and in between there isn't as much as there used to be. There's still stuff mostly like in Poland and other places where folks are doing trying some things, but you know even those Polish companies are like Techland used to be one of those like okay, we're we're 50 people and we're going to make Dead Island, but now Tech land's huge, like they're they're one of those monolith studios, so it it seems like that that middle arena isn't isn't quite there. So you got the Indies experimenting and the AAA folks just making those huge cinematic games and it's I don't know it's kind of hard to put it into a decade when you got that. I
0: also feel like a lot of the stuff that uh we think about as 2010s games. Think of like Fortnite came out in 2017, and that just uh that's like made more money than most of the AAA industry combined over the course of the whole decade in just the last three years. When you say that the cinematic games might not even be the thing in the future, that could be true. If Fortnite is as big as it is, and that's just the dinkiest, I mean, no offense to Fortnite. I mean, okay, a little bit of offense to Fortnite. It's just the (laughs) dinkiest little uh, baby boy video game that you can play. It's like all the way back to the childish, uh, he's playing his Nintendos, it's like Fortnite has become uh, Baby Boy's Nintendos, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we're back to those Baby Boy games, and the Baby Boy games are big, and the Baby Boys are back in town. <laughs> the Big Boy Baby Boys are back in town. Also and, think uh, about
3: those mobile games, like Clash Royale and stuff. I, I, I played that so much I had to stop. I, I got pretty good at that game, and uh, yeah. it, it consumed a bunch of my life.
2: And That's, that's definitely got that big Baby Boy art. For yeah, sure. it's, it's, and it's I, highly
0: I, likely that, that cinematic prestige video games are not really, quote-unquote, the video games anymore. They're not all the games anymore.
3: Well, also, the goal with things like Fortnite and Clash Royale is to not be stuck in a decade, but to have people play those games for the rest of their lives, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, they want people... the The whole thing about free-to-play and whatever is... Just keep it going. It's a live game. It's never going to stop. It's going to keep evolving. And if you saw that con, that latest concert that was in Fortnite, that was actually legitimately pretty neat. Yeah,
2: that was so cool. Like mm-hmm.
3: they really, they really thought about what they could do with that. And like every time a huge beat would drop, it would shoot everybody up into the air. And it's like, obviously, that's amazing. Like that's going to feel great in the game yeah. when you're yeah. like anticipating something and then it just goes. <laughs> and it shoots you up and everyone's like what i don't know imagine
0: if you actually like love that game and play it every day that must have been real cool yeah blow your mind out yeah
1: (laughs) my next question kind of ties into what we were talking about how does the ubiquity of post-release updates and patches affect video game preservation efforts oh
2: heck oh i got i got my canned answers for this kind of thing for interviews every couple of weeks or so. Let's hear you, it. you want me to go first? Yes. Yeah, do it. You um, kill me, bro. I think that we keep trying to apply the preservation rules of a Super Mario Brothers cartridge to a modern video game and that's just never going to work. Yeah. If we think of game preservation as like, well, we need to save the servers, we need to save the uh all every patch, uh we need to be able to roll backwards and forward to experience the game. It's like I Okay, theoretically, that's maybe possible. It's not possible by uh, a person outside of the company, and uh, people within the company are also never going to do that, so it's not going to happen. But even if you did manage to uh, replicate you know, a, a, an online virtual world, for example, or even like a Farmville, right, where things are updating constantly, and really the game isn't this game it's the environment that you're in it's the people you're playing with it's the time you know like if you if you just run fortnite 20 years from now and may, you know maybe you get some people playing it or whatever but people you're you're not experiencing what fortnite was uh you're you're experiencing you know a corpse of a game at that point
0: yeah corpse night is what you would call that
2: we have to think of video game preservation um in a completely different way And I often steal an analogy that um, John Paul John Paul Dyson at the Strong Museum once made, which is that we should be thinking of it the way we think of preserving professional sports, right? Where if you're preserving a a baseball game that happened, you know, you're not like rebuilding Shea Stadium and cloning the players or whatever. You're documenting the game that happened, and and I think that's what uh, video game preservation uh, needs to be. And then the other. Half of that equation is that we need to figure out how game companies can comfortably donate their materials to archives so that they can be preserved in that way without uh making the players have to to spend uh thousands of man hours to circumvent you know the the restrictions placed on them to to do it themselves
3: yeah, it's like I was just reading that article about people playing. PUBG on Stadia and how 90% of the uh people they encountered were actually bots and how the game just didn't feel fun or right and people have floated the idea of bots as a way to populate those worlds but it's still you know it's still not the thing that's not how it was played and also the duration of playing is such a big part of it I w- I was just going to point out that like This problem has existed for a really long time. Also, for example, with download the early downloadable services like Satellaview and Mm -hmm. all these kinds of things. And one that I maybe other people knew about this, but I just found out about which was the Taito X fifty five, which is a karaoke system that Taito made in nineteen ninety five. Where they it was mostly it was really expensive to buy the unit. It was a home karaoke machine. You could that you then had to have a a monthly subscription and individually download each song, pay for each song to download. And that was, so it was super expensive, but they also put like at least 13 games on it, including a game called Cleopatra Fortune, which later became an arcade game and a Saturn game and a PlayStation 1 game and Dreamcast game. But the first version was on this X55. But the way that you would get the games was you would pay money, and then you would download it over your phone. And then when you turned the console off, it would be gone. And so the only way to ever get those games is for Taito to have saved them and kept them on a server somewhere because they specifically designed it so that you couldn't keep it. Uh, and those those games are probably ex- extremely gone. And I was talking to the the developer of several of those games. And he was like, yeah, I don't know where those are. (laughs) Like, maybe Taito has them, maybe. Spoiler, they don't.
1: So I was curious how the advent of World of Warcraft Classic, which came out about a year ago, plays into that, where we see this player base gravitating towards an older version of the game. Is that kind of a one-off, or do you expect that these games as services might adopt that model more frequently going forward?
3: Well, I think that only applies. I mean, that it's only relevant for games that are incredibly popular. Yes, and so if if you got like a a moderately successful MMO, it's it's not gonna, they won't be able to get that kind of player base back.
2: That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the player base they had for classic was incredible, and they've recognized that they had literally millions of lapsed players from those days that might want to revisit. To me, that's no different than you know re-releasing uh, an older game on a, on a new system or something. It's just like a kind of a one-off. Like, here, you want to play this old game again, kid? Yes. Right.
3: it's got a built-in audience. I I would love if that were a thing, though. Like, you know, the 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 maid likes to talk about how they. Yeah. helped save was it Homeworld? Ha- habitat sorry habitat i can never remember what it's called they saved habitat but of course you know are a lot of people playing habitat right now
2: and, yeah. and that only so habitat for, for those listening who don't know that was lucasfilm games was doing a, a virtual online world for the commodore 64 um in like 86 87 something like that um revolutionary at the time and uh, the original authors of habitat basically volunteered and and got people together and rebuilt the server code and got it running again um and yeah to brandon's point it's like even at its peak there were maybe like 5 to 10 people playing this mm-hmm. there's yeah. i'm sure zero now and it it's cool that it happened we just can't expect that there's other chip morning stars in the in the world you know and and randy and uh randy farmers who just kind of do this for free with the code they already know. Randy uh,
0: farmers,
1: Randy farmers, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, let's go on to the next question now.
0: Tim, No, not ready yet. No.
1: Okay, in that case, I'm going to shuffle the schedule around a little bit. Uh, Give me a shuffle. Number four. What are the hallmarks of a great video game trailer?
2: Well, when you say hallmarks, I think of the trading card company. So um, <laughs> you mean
0: the greeting card company.
4: I'm
2: sorry, yes. the greeting.
4: Card. <laughs>
2: somebody true. should make a collectible
3: my, uh, my 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 ma- like I'm sorry for your loss for that uh, Mother's Day. collectible <laughs> yeah. greeting card games. I, I, I heard that's that.
1: how Nintendo got their start uh, with the Happy Birthday Grandma lunch. On
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the old insert credit staple if somebody says uh, the wrong word in a sentence and then Everyone starts talking about, what if that's the word they meant to say?
1: <laughs> I think you mean the staple of the entire podcast industry. I think there's, there's game
0: trailers that uh, they still... Okay, every Japanese game company to this day opens their trailer with like 20 seconds of a black screen with like text slowly fading onto it. That's like, soon the adventure will begin. I, and then it's like a bunch of CG and yep. no gameplay. That's a bad game trailer. So anything that's not that, you got to start with just not that, basically. Right, but
1: what gets you excited? you want
0: to have a game trailer.
3: I saw this one game. It uh, Man, I can't. You know, Penguin Wars. I really like the trailer for Penguin Wars because it successfully communicates what the game is. It shows that it's cute. It has nice music. And uh, it sort of expands the idea of the world a little bit by just showing you all the characters and whatever, even though the characters probably don't really matter and, and whatever. It's just a, it really, well, I guess I would recast that as I like a trailer that kind of is what it's trying to show you. It acts like what it is. And I, I like that, that Tony Hawk trailer that came out for the remaster. Um, It was interesting to watch because I really felt like I should have been watching that in a room full of screaming journalists at E3. It felt like that arena-filling kind of a trailer that I used to see with the the big text coming in and being like, it's Tony Hawk, and stuff. And it worked for me. I thought it was a good trailer, and I enjoyed watching the whole thing. Um, But it it felt really weird to watch it by myself. I don't know if anyone else had that feeling.
0: I'm going to have a good time with that Tony Hawk. Oh, heck yeah.
2: I was too mad. I was too uh, busy being angry at the trailer. Angry why? Is that? Um, I didn't like co-opting uh the Dead Kennedy song "Police Truck," which is a protest song about police violence. Uh, for this trailer, I just uh, wasn't a fan of that. I don't know. Just when police are actually, you know, killing people all the time in the headlines right now.
3: Yeah, I guess I just can't be surprised by that. Uh, because they they like that whole game is supposed to be about. Punk music and counterculture stuff and, yeah, so- and but he
2: you know, he says ride in the lyrics and you ride a skateboard, so it just fits perfect. Just throw yeah. it nice. in there.
0: You want to know what's interesting is I, I didn't even uh I didn't even listen to the sound on that trailer. I watched it with the God darn sound off, listening to my own music. I bring my own music and stuff. So I didn't even know. I think that's a dumb idea to put that song in that trailer. It's a horrible, let's, well. get, yeah.
1: let's get specific here. What song would have you but there is just instead. The Superman. It's the, it's the other. Like, that's the one everybody likes. From yeah, the game. Yeah.
0: You want to know Done. what interests me? So here's here's what interests me. Um, first of all, my number one thing about trailers. I think the ideal video game trailer should be a seven second long uh, animated gif on Twitter. Uh, that's what I think. Um, that makes me go, wow! Look at that mechanic that's in yeah. this game. If you want to mm-hmm. make a really good trailer, try to string together what you imagine to be ten really good six or seven second gifs. That's that's the way to make a good trailer, especially if it's
3: sixty fps. Um, but
2: what if it's a game that you know that doesn't have visually arresting mechanics? Yeah, or well, isn't
3: mechanics I,
0: oriented. Well, uh, then I'm probably just not interested in it. It's <laughs> like I'm like not even kidding. Uh, that's that's where do you think uh, where do you think the majority of Kickstarter money comes from? Is people. <laughs>
1: I think that's a good place to stop there. Is, have, it was that, was that your question,
2: Tim? What? Was that your question? It could be your question. I can
0: bring <laughs> that into my question. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've constructed a question over the past <laughs> couple of minutes. Uh, over the past couple of uh, questions, I think I've constructed something. I've slapped something together for whenever we're ready for it.
1: Okay. Uh, I have another question going into the break, though uh it's time to introduce a segment i like to call the adaptation game
0: you like to call it that you've been calling it that in your head before introducing it to
1: us all day long i was like what am i going to call this i like the adaptation game Uh, (laughs) i I auditioned these for myself
0: you guys like how i jumped on a few small words and (laughs) and dragged it out into like 20 seconds oh Oh, i I enjoyed it it. i noticed it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, the audience loves it too.
1: I just like it when people pay attention to me, so that was nice. Uh, here's how this goes: I'll name a non-video game property, and you tell mm-hmm. me how you'd make a video game out of it. Okay, my mm-hmm.
2: only request is that you don't say the movie adaptation, and, and go for that
1: joke. Never gonna happen. Okay, this week we're doing Bazooka Joe. The oh, the comic B-Joe. strip that comes with uh, the gum of the same name. Oh, god. oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah.
3: That that gum was more like the the show mash than it was about bazookas but i mean it's got the name bazooka in it we gotta have a a guy with a bazooka blasting stuff don't we sure that i
1: I don't remember is an idiot though
2: i mean what what is the comic i don't even
1: remember uh there's a kid with an eye patch who gets into all kinds of hijinks he says something not funny and then someone flies out of the panel as if they did say something right when right, so like Bazooka right. Joe has oh, the eye wait. patch, right?
3: I was, I was totally confusing this with
0: Beetle Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> no, Beetle Bailey is an idiot. I mean, Bazooka a Joe's way. a moron, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, basically, bazooka gum sucks. You ever chewed that
2: stuff?
3: Yes, it's it's tried to.
0: It's like god darn being in kindergarten with a gun to your head, is what it's like. It's I, like did. it's like some god darn second world country gum, no offense. It's it's bad stuff. It sure is. It's like chewing on some sort of industrial material.
1: That's why they need this video game to remake their image. I That's hate
0: right. gum in general. I don't chew gum. I don't chew anything I don't intend to swallow, right? Yeah. I, who, who's with me here? Yeah, I I'm with you on that I, one. Don't, I don't like chewing on anything, to be perfectly honest. I, no? I, I like eating soft, bland foods, the texture of oatmeal and porridge. is is what I eat for dinner. Glad they didn't hot sauce, though. So, uh, put a whole bunch of it on there, but that doesn't make it chewy. Ain't no no (laughs) hot sauce I never heard of makes something chewy, right? If it does, call your doctor. So, (laughs) what I'm saying is, gum is bad. Bazooka gum is top of the pops when it comes to bad gum.
2: It's one of them gums that only exists because there's, you know, the the retro... Section in the candy store that has like the stupid wafers or whatever.
0: So one one thing I've noticed in marketing and advertising is people love when something is connected to something. When you when you have a song that's from an anime, people will like both the song and the anime. Right? For example, um. So the only reason Bazooka Gum exists is because it has comics in it, and neither of them are good. However, together. They are a brand that has endured at least long enough for Alex Jaffe to ask a question about them (laughs) on a podcast in the year 2020. So, anyway, that's that's uh basically by making a video game, we would be encouraging this this insipid, self parasitic marketing trend of and that's what we're trying to do. (laughs) Yeah, so let's so let's do it. What's the worst way to do it?
2: Okay, I think he does have a bazooka, but it's not used for violence. Um, I think it's used for navigating the world.
3: Well, I was thinking, what if he shot bazookas? I, like he used his bazooka to shoot gum into people's mouths, like kind of like Pepsi Man has to deliver all of yeah. those Pepsi's to people uh, because they're they're frustrated at a Pepsi machine. They're like, "Where's the dang Pepsi?" And he has to go deliver it. I can see
2: that. So what what wow. I was visualizing was that you kind of shoot the bazooka down to propel yourself up and then to float. Um, he kind of like cranes his neck upward. I just did that. You could probably hear it on the, on the mic. Um, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and blows a bubble that helps him float. Um, yeah. and that's yeah. how he gets around. But then, yeah, maybe he does have to, uh, force this uh, horrible product into people's mouths to. He's yeah, got, a, so, yeah. a bu-
0: yeah. he's got a bazooka that shoots big pink bubbles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah like here's a what, bubble here's bubble bubble. what I'm yeah. thinking. I'm thinking because it's Bazooka Joe, because it's a famous brand that lots of people have heard of, whether they're really familiar with its uh, deeper contents or not, whether they know any of the details of what what is Bazooka Joe the comic about. We don't know, right? I mean, we know there's a kid with an eye patch and a baseball cap, right? That's basically Bazooka Joe and his gang. I recall the phrase and his gang, right? So we've got Bazooka Joe, a bazooka is a gun. Uh, everybody recalls the name of this thing. I feel like the bazooka marketing people could get away with something edgy and i think what you do is you have to go into your school and shoot all the kids oh, with the no. bazooka but it just basically the giant pink bubble hits them in the head and then they start chewing gum and they thank you for it so it's like it's like an edgy like a joke on a school shooting it's like yeah. going after the reddit audience and it's a really really tasteless joke that they tried that they think nobody's going to get mad at because they think they did it right but they didn't that's what i would pitch them uh, uh to <laughs> sabotage them i would pitch them that to sabotage them for having the the gall to think that making any video game at all is going to elevate their stupid dead tired trash can
1: brand I mean, to be fair, the gum doesn't taste like anything either. So, tastelessness <laughs> is their brand. Kaboom!
2: <laughs> Kaboom! It's either that, or it's it's just a completely nothing platform game on the Commodore Amiga. <laughs> right,
1: We're just mm-hmm. giant heads. Yeah, sure, that's what we do for all of these.
2: A <laughs> yeah. whimsical,
1: a whimsical
0: school shooting simulator.
1: <laughs> we'll be right back after a short break.
0: Alamo Draft House. I know you're listening to this. Let me uh, sponsor us
1: all right (sighs) Uh, we now return to insert credit it's time for our patreon question of the week Uh you two can submit questions to the show by joining patreon.com slash insert credit and get episodes a day early Uh, this week's question comes from alex c who asks was lost planet 2 proto destiny
3: oh man yeah Lost Planet 2 was one of the games that I ordered from friggin' GameStop. Oh my lord. <laughs> so you don't real, know. That's not even a joke. So you like, don't
2: know the answer to this question. I don't know <laughs> the answer
3: because because ha- they didn't send it to me. GameStopatapata. <laughs> uh,
2: and I don't know because I, I, I played uh, about five minutes of the single ca- player campaign at, a, at an event or something. I don't know anything about this game. All, all I look- can
3: really say is that Programmer Shane Marks played that competitively. Well, I mean, competitively, not officially, but like he was in a top guild and stuff kind of situation for a very long time, and I think he would probably say yes is the answer to that question. Because something about that version of that game, which is why I wanted to order it from GameStop when I saw it there, I was like, oh heck, I should play that. Obviously, the online experience, as we were discussing earlier, will not be there anymore, but there were guilds and raids and the movement mechanics were interesting, which I think is could be part of what they were talking about, because you know, in Destiny you've got those little speeder thingies. What do they call those? I don't remember what they call those. But they got those little bikes and whatever. And in Lost Planet 2, you zip around with your with your zip line and um you got big goals to get to all together. So I think there's there's something to it. And there was definitely a lot of discussion when Lost Planet 3 came out about how the magic was no longer there and Lost Planet 2 was kind of the one. And so it feels like that sort of thing is ripe for someone else to be like, well, that was a good idea. Why don't we evolve that? I I don't know that the Bungie people were necessarily thinking directly of it, but they probably played
1: it. Call me a moron, but wasn't Halo the proto-destiny?
3: No. So
0: here's the thing. Um, okay, <laughs> Halo, Halo is uh, part of the DNA of Destiny. Though Destiny is, composed, Destiny is composed out of many, many little... Destiny is endlessly fascinating from a game design perspective. Just to imagine, I, I don't think there's any game in the world that has as much design of as many different flavors and game design sub-disciplines in it. As yeah, there's Destiny. a lot
3: of micro stuff in there that's very micro polished.
0: It's it is incredible. It is incredible. And I, uh, I, I will tell you the truth. I applied for a job working on Destiny One, and I interviewed a couple of times, and I didn't get it. Then the thing I was I was applying to do was quite specific. So let me tell you something that I know. I know for a fact that at least a couple of game designers working on Destiny have definitely played all three Lost Planet games. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know how, I, I, I call this a fact, though it's really more of just an extremely strong notion that I have. So Lost Planet 3 was, uh, you, as Brandon said, it, and it's the one people said the magic was gone, it's the one that completely gave itself over to the resource collecting and crafting stuff. I played all three of these games. Um, and then Lost Planet 2 had a little bit of it that was balanced. Lost Planet 1 was, uh did anybody here play Lost Planet 1? Oh Yeah. I loved Lost Planet One. I really loved Lost Planet One, and it's it's such a strange little game. It stars a uh, uh Bieunhun from uh, that's what they call him in Japan, uh, yep. Byung-hun Lee. It stars him as the main character. He was like the hottest celebrity, hottest Korean celebrity in Japan at the moment that they they mocapped his face just for these cutscenes in this game, and it has this uh this personable world to it. It has like its own massive world building stuff that they just built out of nowhere for nothing it really feels like an nes capcom game just presented on the xbox in a way that dead rising did as well if anybody remembers the dead rising review i did for insert credit a long time ago i got a a a guy to do a fake flyer that looked like uh one of the comic book advertisements that nes capcom games had for dead rising i wrote some copy for it does anybody remember Mm -hmm. that that is actually
2: the only thing i remember about it
0: Oh, excellent. See, it's an excellent... Uh, the copywriting was uh, pretty good. The graphic design was obviously the, the key there. Yeah. Though I, I feel like there was this weird thing going on with Capcom at around that time where they were really bringing the spirit of the NES. And they were really thinking, like, all the way back to their roots, they were thinking, like, what kind of innovative spirit would we pull off with our games now? And I knew several people at Capcom at that time working on Lost Planet and a couple other games, and there was a. If you know the game Dragon's Dogma, right? Dragon's Dogma yep. is like their weird sort of Splinter Offshoot single player ish Monster Hunter game, right? Which is, I mean, that's that's the really bad elevator pitch. In, in practice, the game is actually this this beautiful, tempestuously blossoming thing in its own right. Uh, it's it's its own kind of weird alternative angle dark souls back before dark souls was an archetype and there's monster hunter and monster hunter borrows a lot from uh fantasy star online and there are these right. really weird little game design principles that came out of resident evil uh what was it called outbreak the ps2 online resident evil do you all remember
3: that yeah was that outbreak or was that ah oh, man i got it over there on my shelf what is it got to biohazard
0: be? outbreak I just I just remember uh, playing it a little bit. It has there's a lot of this DNA that has like funneled its way, trickled. Well, there you have it. I have a very long answer that you can view on an action button review on YouTube about a year from now of one of those games that I mentioned in that huge list. Uh, the, Stay review, tuned. the review, the yeah, review will cover had... all of them. Go ahead. Oh yeah,
3: I, I suddenly had way more to say about that too. Uh, yeah, there's uh, like that. The NES thing. I just want to briefly say, like, the the sure, thing let's they were doing. This
1: one two minutes. Okay. the I'll the, the thing a-
3: w- they were doing at that time, like, I really like the the NES analogy because with the NES, you had kind of the implication of a larger world in a lot of these things, where you know the kind of the backgrounds and the tiles would hint at much more world out there. Yeah, they pulled and,
0: off world building like hugely, in a, yeah. all the way back then.
3: And that was really hard. It was hard to translate that kind of "Oh, there's way more here thing in a three d world a lot of a lot as a lot of companies found very clearly, but lost planet somehow manages to and I think part of it is like you have this heat mechanic where you you can't get too far away from everything where it really does feel like there's way more out there you'll never be able to access it, but there's there's like a big world that that exists here through inference, and it's hard to do that through inference and it, it I found it pretty impressive that they managed to do that.
0: Yeah, it owns.
1: Uh let's go on to our next question, which I believe is Tim's question. Tim, are you ready Oh yeah, so here it is. Do you know anyone who has ever
0: played any game that they've backed on Kickstarter? That's my question. <laughs> 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 because uh... I feel like there are these games that get backed on Kickstarter and you don't stop seeing animated gifs of them on twitter and then it's like when when the time comes and years have passed and the game has been released i can't find an opinion about
3: that yeah nobody's talking about it anymore it, i think that's uh it's one of those things where like were the animated gifs the game all along like was that it basically ultimately? yeah
1: like I played uh, Indivisible, but people I knew were involved in that. So that was a Kickstarter
3: counts. game. I didn't even know that was on Kickstarter. Indiegogo. Oh, uh, okay. The old IGG. It was, but it, it counts. I mean, it it was actually it's actually still, I believe, the the largest Indiegogo game of all time.
0: Oh, excellent! Uh, did, largest back. Okay. Do you know anyone who played that Double Fine adventure game that when it came out, the one that had what? Who was in it? Was Elijah Wood in it? Who was in it? Somebody.
3: I know one person who played it, but I Jack believe Black. it's because it looked like he was in it. Chris Petrowski of uh, oh. Cappy Games, he played it, be- but like literally everyone was telling him, everyone that knows him was like, the protagonist is you. Ah, Because uh, yeah. it, it looked exactly like him. So I know someone played that. I played well,
2: the, a- the first half because they, they put it in two halves. And then uh, I was not compelled enough to look into it when the rest of the game came out. Oh,
0: interesting. So let's evolve the question a little bit then. Do you know anybody who's finished a game that, that they backed on? Did you back uh, in on I Kickstarter? Have. Uh yeah, you I did have. back
2: in on Kickstarter and I and I'm looking through my list here on Kickstarter. I, I sort of stealth logged in. Um and no, I have not played almost any of these, but um I did play Thimbleweed Park to
1: completion, uh, which was a, a Park. Kickstarter game. I mean, I think the big answer is Shovel Knight. I think everybody who backed Shovel Knight played it. I That's played the a, heck
0: out of Shovel Knight, but I didn't, back,
1: didn't it. back it. Right. I didn't yeah. back right. it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's, that's also true. Oh, I
2: didn't play Frog Fractions 2 somehow. I should do that. I didn't either. Oh, man.
0: You know, I, I backed one game on Kickstarter. Uh, no, I backed two games on Kickstarter. One of them has not been released. One of the games I backed on Kickstarter was Wander Song, which was being made by my friend Greg Lebanov. You guys know Greg hey. Lobanov? Yep. Excellent guy. Top tier individual. Um,
3: like Scarves. I,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I backed that game. And uh, I played it to completion, though. Uh, also, I, I feel like maybe that doesn't count because I, I know that guy and I, I backed it because I knew the guy. Right.
4: Yeah, was I mean,
3: I, my I... most recent example is that what's it called? Battle Princess Madeline. Oh. I that, that was the, you know, Makaimura like video game starring a young lady. And I backed that and I was kind of excited about it. And then it came out and I was like, hmm, I don't know. And I played it for. <laughs> I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. I feel kind of bad about that. I guess it's a to...
1: you back Shenmue 3. No, no,
3: no,
0: of course not. I did not. Uh, <laughs> I, I played a little Shenmue 3. I didn't back it though. I'm going to get it again. I got Shenmue 3 for free on my PS4. I'm going to try to get it on my PC so I can understand. Shenmue least... free. That's what they call Shenmue it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Oi, <laughs> oi.
0: Y'all got that Shenmue free. Shenmue free. Shenmue free. <laughs> y'all, you lot got that Shenmue free. That's how they say it. Uh so yeah. I guess another question how often have you ever bought uh concert tickets and then on the day the concert not wanted to go it's very similar oh, right every time
3: every <laughs> yeah. time yeah every I, time I do force myself to go a a, a lot of the time another thing that that's real good that happens is I will buy concert tickets and then be like when was that show supposed to be and, and then, then it's it over. was last week yeah I feel like I hate Kickstarter
0: it. Kickstarter manages to uh funnel that money into the video game industry. So, I mean, there there is actually that certain type of money. I remember a GameStop topped when I worked at a GameStop topped back when it was called Software et cetera back in the nineties. Holy <laughs> Lord! Uh, I just pressed my clown horn sound effect button. Um, <laughs> uh, back when back in the nineties, when I was a, a grown up person working at a video game store, um, I I remember the manager like, very, very, in, like, a low-key way. Like, he knew he was being sleazy, being like, pre-orders are the best, man, because people pay $10 most of the time. They don't even come back and buy the game. And I'm just like, oh, man, oh, man, wow. So I guess uh, for concert venues, it works out real well. And when people forget that they bought the ticket, because they get to have a little bit more breathing room and a slightly more comfortable
3: experience. they're all bankrupt now, uh, because nobody's going to any kind of concert ever. Yeah, these all did. I, uh, I, I actually until i until i uh i i lived a very
0: uncomfortable life for many years uh on sort of on purpose uh though it was all leading up to now where my life is no longer uncomfortable for the reason you would think which is money uh it's uncomfortable because the world sucks i just can't i, I can't get no respect basically so like I, I had this experience when i started working at a, a day job where I was, uh, I had the problem where I, I have this problem where I work like 14 to 16 hours a day. And, uh, I just, I had no life outside of my job. And the only thing I did was I bought movie tickets and went to the Alamo draft house and watched movies and I bought them on the app. And I think maybe one out of eight times I ended up just not going to the movie and not getting a refund. And I'm like, I got the money. I don't need to worry about it. So I had the money, didn't have the free time. I feel like I would do the same thing with, uh, with any Kickstarter game that I back
2: now. I got, I got right. a Kickstarter thing I want to squeeze in before we run out of time, which hey. is okay. Squeeze I ha- me! I have backed three games that, uh... <laughs> ah!
1: <laughs> dang! Not enough. Uh, dang! It's going to be really good. Oh, well.
0: <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well.
1: Uh, here's our next question. Question number eight. I like to play podcasting games, huh. games that don't require any reading or sound cues while I'm listening to podcasts or audiobooks. Oh. What should I be playing that fits this category?
0: Oh, so- Destiny 2, my friend. Destiny 2 has all the game design flavor of your Fantasy Star Onlines. It's got uh, all of the crafting and such of your Lost Planet 2 and 3, <laughs> and it's even <laughs> got a uh, it's even got all of your all the stuff that's good about Monster Hunter is present in there. You can play it for five minutes. You can play it for ten minutes. You can play it for an hour. You can get stuff done in two minutes. You can get stuff done in three hours. It's just to all building your character and just chilling in the world. And when it's but time Jeffy, to chat with people and play, you can do that you're,
3: too. You're, you're talking about like a game that is very low brain, right? Where <laughs> you, yeah, where you don't. It's like a fun extra thing to do while you're. Uh, doing something that you're paying attention to. So exactly. That... Destiny yeah.
0: 2 is an ultimate low-brain game for me, but it's also a high-brain game when you want it to be, but there's plenty of low-brain content, LBC, in there.
3: Well, I think about this question quite a bit, and uh, one one of those for me is that game Holdown on the phone, Ooh. where you're basically just playing Pachinko, and there's a bunch of games like it, but this one is is well well polished and made by made by that Grapefruit guy. Mm-hmm. I like that guy. It's basically just like a once you get to the end of it, it's a, it's an endless kind of mining with pachinko balls kind of a thing where you're just bouncing stuff around and trying to make numbers go down. And it it's pretty fun to just have on as a second thing. Uh, another good one is Super Metal Crusher for the PC engine, which is a totally different direction. But if, for example, you have a little TV with a PC engine hooked up to it while you're doing whatever else you're doing in this game, you pretty much just, you, you're battling robots, you're sending them against each other uh, and you ch- you choose the stats of your robot and the stats are rather obtuse looking like you, there'll be things like speed and fastness and it's like, what's <laughs> what, what's the difference between oh, them? I, I have it. no idea. It's, I think it's agility
0: and, and dexterity, to be honest.
3: Yeah, it's probably more like that. I but, remember uh, being
0: confused about the difference between those two, uh, when I first started
3: playing the RPGBOs, you know. Yeah, RPGBOs. Uh, <laughs> but that one's pretty fun because you you just set it up and then you watch them watch it go, and then it fails or succeeds, and you kind of have no idea why. And then you just try it again. And and it's a pretty like you need to engage your brain for very mildly for like 10 seconds every couple minutes, and uh, it works pretty well for that. I'm writing that down. What else you got?
0: I just got two things to say real quick. Number one is uh, Brandon, when you said hole down, <laughs> yeah. I, I I reflexively pressed the uh, <laughs> I reflexively pressed the broken plate sound and the doom <laughs> demon sound on my soundboard <laughs> by my left hand. So it was just like a sound and a doom demon going, Whoa. In my ear,
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I i almost died. I had to turn my head uh, a full 179 degrees away from the microphone because you said this game called Hole Down, and it was like <laughs> clattering, uh, like cartoon plate breaking sound effect. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, uh, this, I tell you what, Elgato Stream Deck, if you absolutely need to spend $249 to have a moment like I just had while recording a podcast where a guy says, hold down. <laughs> <laughs> look, look no further. Right. Elgato Maybe streamed that's
1: it. that's the podcasting <laughs> game I need. Uh, just a soundboard that I can play while During I'm the podcast. The
3: podcast. Record- Wait a yeah. second. Are you, <laughs> Jeffy, are you saying you're bored right now and need
1: something <laughs> to do right now? No.
4: <laughs> I I know, can-
1: well, I'm listening to other lesser podcasts. Plate breaking sound.
0: I can't loop my my soundboard in to this microphone. I'm gonna try it for into the next episode. I promise to use it very sparingly. Uh, yeah, let's b- see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I made it the-
1: below 20 times per episode. I made That's that promise. I made
0: that promise to my stream audience, and the, <laughs> it, that pr- that promise went uh, like this: just press the broken plate sound effect again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's gotten so pervasive that you incorporated into the like work emails that you send me. It's, yeah i i, I do
0: it uh i i just i do it all the time while listening to music oh man it <laughs> rules it's uh yeah it's horrible um so your podcast video well i had another i said i had two things i don't know what the other one who cares about the other one i don't care uh,
3: peggle's pretty good you can get peggle up going in there <laughs> yeah
1: I, I did peggle for a few months that's over
3: i pressed okay.
0: the doom demon sound effect again um, when you said peggle <laughs> done by the peggle.
3: way um so let's see pu- I, like I find puzzle games in general are pretty good at for that and um this one might be a little too much of your brain and also it's maybe too expensive but <laughs> that game Cleopatra's fortune that I was talking about earlier the Saturn version and possibly the PlayStation version which has way worse music but I think it doesn't um Saturn version at least has this version of oh. it called mystery mode that happens in there and mm. uh it's basically where you have a prompt. Oh, wait, it's also in Japanese. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm really I, digging myself I, a hole I here. remembered my
0: <laughs> second thing. I remembered my second thing.
3: Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. I was well, I'll say. just finish this real oh, quick. Yeah, yeah, hurry, hurry, uh, hurry. Yeah. You have to fo- solve specific puzzles through their specific rule set. And as long as you know those, it's just like, how do how do I get this going? And it's a lot of trial and error and figuring out. And
1: it's kind of fun.
2: Mine if just wanna... as a title before Tim goes real quick, Game and Watch Collection. Okay. <laughs>
1: oh Oh, my joke was so good (laughs) we'll never hear it Uh, i'm very upset about it but we're never going to hear your joke that's the format of the show that we've cursed ourselves i got mine
2: in though that's all that matters you got got it in
1: there game and watch baby question number nine what is the best joke weapon or joke armor in any game
4: Hmm. I don't
3: love joke weapons and joke yeah. art, but Dan Hibiki in the
2: Street some. Fighter series. He's
0: the best he's he's a joke character and he's actually funny.
3: Yeah, and he's making fun of SNK, which is also kind of funny to have like a little game development rivalry in there, because they made him look like Ryo Sakazaki from from Art of Fighting. So he's uh, he's
0: actually got like he's it's like a, a three flavored sort of joke. Because right. he's he's the joke about SNK. He's a joke about uh he's he's mechanically badly designed on purpose.
3: Yeah, and which num- is also an SNK burn, I believe. Yeah,
0: I believe so as well. And then number three, so he's aesthetically and mechanically a joke about SNK. And then number three is he exists to uh be a sort of a dare character, where it's like yes. he's he's a he's a self handicapped. It's like you choose him when you really want to prove that you're way better than the person you're playing against. I, love and, it. Uh, I mean, it maybe didn't 100% work out that way and go down in history as a, a great idea, but I think that's a great idea. I think it is.
3: I like how they used it again in Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. Yeah, where he's all where, red? Yeah, his, so his, his in that game, if, if y'all don't know, people like people have specific pattern drops for when they do a bunch of damage, they drop like jammer blocks on you and dan's are all the same color meaning mm-hmm. they're incredibly easy to kill him with like once once they turn into full blocks it's this huge like glittering jewelry store of, Just of all red. bombs to it's murder all... him with so it's like oh, there was wow. a guy
0: on my dorm floor who was able to beat people with dan because yeah. he was so good cuz you get a combo that's so big that it causes such a huge junk block that it just instantly kills the person. And I mean, the yep. people he was playing against were of remarkably lower skill level than him, uh, but they still stood a chance until he got that massive combo and killed them. But it Friend was- of
3: the show, Persona, is so good at that Puzzle Fighter game that we started making him play as Dan every time, but then he got so good at that that now he has to play with the controller upside down behind his back. <laughs> Can he still win? It's the it, he still wins, it's but it's the only way to make it fun. It's the only way to make it a little bit of a challenge for the rest of us.
2: Am I remembering right that you could throw soup or something in Symphony of the Night?
3: Oh, yeah, mm. you could. There was some kind of a um, there was some kind of a food you could. No, oh, it, I think it's like you could use your you could equip the item as a weapon or something like that, and then you could toss it out there, something like that. I do remember that happening. Um, there's a there's a game. Called Queen of Heart 99, which was uh, very similar to the Asuka 120% series that I enjoy, but four player. And it was a doujin game starring a bunch of anime girls from a variety of anime things and whatever. But there was one character who would uh, drop, actually I guess this is just like Shenko from Darkstalkers, drop pots and pans and stuff on people. Uh, that's kind of fun and silly and not too obnoxious. I like that. Okay. But I guess you're thinking more about like in games like PO'd or whatever, where they got some kind of a big old barf gun. I don't know if they have that in PO'd, but some, one of those kinds of games, you know, one of my
0: favorite joke weapons in a game. That's a sort of a joke, but I don't know if it's a joke weapon is, does everybody know the spoon in final fantasy four? I Where don't. there's no, there's a character who dies. Uh, spoilers. And if you visit his wife at a particular point of the game, she will give you uh, a spoon that belonged to him or whatever. Oh, this is
3: familiar, right? And
0: uh, it's a throwing weapon that only the character Edge the ninja can throw. And it does ten thousand nine thousand nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine 9,999 damage on anybody you throw it at. And otherwise, it, and then once you throw it, it's gone. So it's a thing you get from a guy's wife as like a memento of him that you can <laughs> throw. Yeah, and it's 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 a tradition for me to always throw it at the final boss because it's guaranteed to do ninety-nine ninety nine damage.
4: Yeah. And the final sense. boss
0: has a lot more than that in HP. Yeah, especially in like a hard a Final Fantasy Four hard version playthrough. You you want to act using the spoon is actually important. So it's not really a joke, but it's kind of a strange little injection of 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 weird morbidity in the game that I like
2: I like
4: that
3: yeah, that does counts. that does remind me of a, a a joke weapon that I don't like um the, in in that Highlander game that I often mention on the Jaguar CD they have a rubber chicken weapon um <sighs> that you can unlock if you go into the you you do some secret stuff and you get into a cave room that has pictures of all the developers in it and then on a pedestal in there is a, a rubber chicken that you can take and equip as a sword and whenever you swing it it goes boy-oy-oy <laughs> and love a boy yeah and that game is difficult and kind of obnoxious well very obnoxious to play but the rubber chicken weapon is the most powerful weapon in the game and <laughs> and so if you get it you kind of have to use it because it's too hard otherwise and so you're just going around this moody, atmospheric place going boing. Uh, it's my least favorite, but in a way also my most favorite because it, I don't know, when you ruin an experience yeah. that I'm enjoying, that's, that's uh, its own kind of fun. So I it's... Think... it's,
1: it's uh. oh, Sorry, Frank. Frank got Sorry, owned Frank. again. Lord, that sucks. Here's our 10th question. Which space-based video games have taken the most advantage of the space setting?
0: Ooh, Ooh. Colony Wars. Okay, maybe not, I don't know, I just thought of Colony Wars off the top of my head. I love Colony Wars. I need to get myself an HDMI, a PlayStation, with some sort of a flash cart that I can plug in so that I can play Colony Wars on my television and capture it on my Elgato Game Capture 4K60 Pro.
2: I told you I'll help you with that. Yeah, oh, I know, that's, that's,
0: I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring (laughs) Frank in to the question. Did you like that? <laughs> Pretty good. <I'm laughs> Frank was telling me about these HDMI modded PlayStations. I'm, 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 I've been looking at them. I'm gonna get one. No, that's not it. a thing yet. Uh, oh, it's not. PlayStation, but uh, really? Yeah. Oh, you're telling me about some PlayStation stuff. Yeah. With the I mean, the, the you, PSIO you could convert thing. convert the
2: component to HDMI. Oh, and I guess someone made a cable that does that. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's a cable. You're some right.
0: retro tank or whatever. Yeah. I love Colony Wars, and that was one of the games. I was just thinking about this PlayStation thing today. And I was thinking about getting a PlayStation just so I could play Colony Wars, uh, and I'm I'm probably gonna do it. Uh, Colony Wars is a very good space game. Has anybody played Colony Wars here? Am I the only nope person? More
3: like Colony Bores. No, actually, I haven't played
0: it. It's a real good sort of a space trucking game where you're uh you're just you're flying your spaceships in this really nice, neat, weird, persistent 3D space, and it, it has one of those. One of those really striking elements where you can like fly your ship into a bigger ship and like land it. And you're like a guide, you're like delivering things. You're like a space courier, except you've got guns as well. And I just, I always thought that that was a really good, chill, relaxed space experience. Obviously, the number one answer to this question is is Star Control 2. Star Control 2 is the best, the best space game. And I really feel like I'm in space when I play that game.
3: Your Colony Wars thing reminds me that I was recently playing Hyperspace Delivery Service and I don't know that it's the very best but it it takes what I like about space sci-fi and puts it into a game. It's also kind of like that seed ship game that's free on Android where most of the time you're just making decisions about the difficult things that happen in space and whether to trust this person or not to trust this person. And so it, it winds up being more about space diplomacy, though there are FPS sections and also flight combat sections, but those are kind of weaker and in support of the main thing, which is a uh, different every time you play kind of get to this planet, what resources will be there, what can you harvest, and who can you talk to to try to get an edge and actually reach your destination on time without exploding. It's pretty, pretty nice, and it has a nice aesthetic to it, on the switch i recommend Space is good
2: i'm not personally into these games but i think one of the best uses of space is uh tapping into the grandeur of the infinite possibilities of space and and doing that 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 procedural generation on planets so something like a no man's land Um, no man's sky no man's sky thank you yeah. Um, I love but, that game. Yeah. So I really, I, 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 it doesn't work on me, but I because I just, I don't know for something about procedural generation just makes the young punk in me want to poke holes in it. Um, no, it
0: was procedurally generated. Yeah, I know. Like it, it's not, it's not like a, a constantly procedurally right. generating stuff. They procedurally generated it and then they locked it. Yeah. Which I guess also is, that's technically yeah, the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same, but, yeah.
3: Yeah. It, it's yeah. a shame about that game going toward like they made they changed how the resource management and craftingy stuff works so that instead of taking two things which apparently the gamers found too easy and then they made it three things but one of the things is rare and so now it's like instead of just exploring and seeing what you can find and using that stuff to get to the next planet then it became okay get to this planet and you've got to mine any everything because that's what you have to do to proceed uh so it became less of a self-driven space narrative and more of a gamified thing which is uh, a little unfortunate because that that earlier premise is definitely exactly what i would be into but then i never i, w- I went and done never played it i'll tell I you kick-started what. it in my mind oh, and then never
0: played it. the brain kickstarter
1: uh, are there any games where uh, gravity is treated differently on different planets, or has no one gone there? Solar Jetman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Solar Jetman, yeah. SJM. Um, different
2: gra- outer different gravity. Uh, outer Worlds or Wilds, whichever one is this. Well, that Wilds. Both, outer Wilds. Outer, yeah. wi- outer Wilds. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I played both of them and I confused the two titles that, all the that,
0: time. That game's, yeah, I, I'm telling you what. I was getting tired of people in my office joking about the similarity of the names, and I'm not joking. I'm not. Oh, I know you're not. I know you're okay. not. And then All I right. was recording a video about my favorite games of the year, right? And I there was a segment that I had planned to be like, "Oh, how it's can we stop joking about the titles?" And then I mec- I missed, I mixed up the titles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I said, uh, uh, "I said Outer Wilds instead of Outer Worlds" at one point. And I was like, oh my God. And then I, I called myself out in the video. And I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> but uh, Outer Wilds does have wildly different gravity on different yep. planets. And that's like Uh, part of its thing.
1: Speaking of which, I'd like to commend us for completing a sort of character arc through this episode that uh, earlier Frank said, no man's land and we spent zero time riffing on it. Yeah. So I think we've grown together as a uh, (laughs) collective (laughs) podcasting group.
2: What if there was a video game based on the Batman comic (laughs) storyline?
1: Yeah. What if
2: there was a video game
0: based on the Harold Pinter play? No man's (laughs) (laughs) land. Sure. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I really do think my my personal answer. I stand very strongly by. I think the best games that really make me feel like space are Colony Wars, which earlier I oversold. It is it is a it is a shooting game primarily, but it has this greater feeling of greater importance. Number two, Solar Jetman, which is just Death Stranding in 1989 (laughs) in space. Um, It's like it really it's more Death Stranding than Death Stranding and it also very f- much feels like space and star control 2 uh is the other one that just it's it just has the bull anything you'd ever get from a pulp fiction novel about space is like in star control 2 in just this beautifully palpable form and i know that bethesda's making some skyrim in space game that's going to scare everybody else away from making a space game because uh I just wish somebody would make a better game than Skyrim that's like Skyrim. I guess that's kind of what The Witcher 3 is. I just wish somebody would hurry up and make the better space game than the one Bethesda's working on right now.
3: I'm still going to recommend Hyperspace Delivery Service because... HSDS. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice and it's got that...
1: Well, you got the recommendation in it, at least. It's got uh, that yep. niceness. It's got that niceness. It's time to move on to our lightning round. The oh, well, lightning no. round is where I determine who won this episode and the right to ask a question in the next one. This week's game is called Crunch Time. We talk sometimes about crunchy feelings in video games. So I'm going to name a crunchy snack, and you'll tell me which video game crunches in a similar way. Oh,
0: Uh-oh. Takis better be on here.
1: Our first snack is tortilla
0: chips. No tortillos. Just regular, regular... Uh, tortilla chips, unflavored. Restaurant do we get
1: style un, tortilla restaurant chips. style so unflavored tortillas? Restaurant style.
0: Are you like, thinking thin or gruesas? You think the the, the thick ones? I'm thinking uh, like you're talking toss to you to You're talking to three people who have lived in or do live in California. <laughs> yeah. So fair enough. There are many restaurants that have many. There's restaurant style tortilla chips is a wide thing. That's like asking us to uh, describe FPSs. See how okay. it works that in there.
1: Let's narrow it down to Tostitos. Tostitos, sort of a medium Uh,
2: crunch—not really crisp. One,
0: yeah, right in the middle. Yep,
2: medium
3: crispy. Frank, you had an idea. No, I
2: didn't. But uh, I'm immediately going to like breaking tables. I don't know what game you break tables in. Maybe slam a guy into a table. One of them wrestling Uh, games, maybe.
3: Yeah, I break them in Yakuza, but I don't think it's a a plain tortilla chip. Oh yeah, that's a
2: harder one. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's a. Uh, what about that that Godfather game where they were really all about you can you can yeah. like m- strangle people with the analog stick and mash them into a, a table and that was a whole thing. Yeah, I don't know if you broke the tables. But... I don't know if you did either, but uh, in absence of of more
1: things to say, let's go. <laughs> okay, Godfather number two is Trail Mix. Trail Mix. Oh, Firewatch. <laughs> oh, I guess so. Oh,
3: there's nothing I mean, crunchy
2: what? about Firewatch. <laughs> no,
3: there there isn't, but there's nothing that crunchy about trail mix. Have you ever had it after you opened the bag, like the second day? There's no there's no crunch left. It turns into like a a, a soft.
2: It's a variety kind of, a, of soft chews.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, OK, well, I, I can rescind Firewatch, but boy, that rocketed straight into my brain. Tell you what. <laughs> because it's a game about
0: being on a trail. Is that why?
3: Uh, yeah. yeah. That's why. So, I, I, mean, guess, I, I
2: guess that's our answer. I think Wait, the, how oh. about the Sandix? I think the
0: majority the of AAA video games are trail mix. The I think, games, I think... to be perfectly honest.
2: Yeah.
3: Because that's, they try so to have true. a little bit of everything. I guess if you everything. got a grab bag of a bunch of different crunchinesses, then it's probably like Dragon Age or something like that. Where, like, nothing's actually fully crunchy, but there's so many different types of that you can get out of there that you can, you can have maybe a good time. Somewhere.
0: A typical AAA game is nothing actually satisfying at all, but there's a lot of different stuff.
1: Number three, Oyster Crackers.
0: Oh, OQs. I mean, OCs. <laughs> I don't know why I said OQ. Uh, her, are oyster crackers. Those,
1: are those slightly
3: sweet? Is that correct?
2: No. They're saltines, but they're small.
3: Oh, small, small teens. Teens. They're saltine yeah. nuggets. <laughs> yeah, and, and are they kind of lozenge-shaped? Uh, small teens, just press the Doom Demon
0: sound effect again.
3: Okay, because <laughs> I know they go in like clam chowder and whatever, and I have not had much occasion to. Oh, you answer. can add them yeah, to a tomato soup. Things
2: a... that you intentionally ruin by putting in liquid. Brandon,
0: have, you ever, you. have you ever had an enjoyable uh, tomato basil sort of creamy soup? You can put the oyster crackers in there, and it's pretty good. So,
3: so what's a game that feels good, but then it feels like the developers intentionally ruined it by putting it in soup? Oh, a lot of, uh, a lot of. <laughs> There's a lot of AAA games, man. Okay,
0: I, I like Uncharted, but they did. I remember the first Uncharted had a whole. They they strapped a whole lot of quote unquote realism onto the shooting, so that. Uh, you you aim yeah. you aim wild a lot, you know, and that the aim is like unpredictable and your dude is heavy breathing and his shots are missing so it feels like they 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 understood the good shooting mechanics of like a gears of war and then they they polluted it with a little bit of scatter and noise and realism so that's kind of yeah real. I would
3: agree with that I would say specifically more like uncharted two or three I think uncharted
0: three is the one yeah. I would say
1: okay yeah, okay. Uh, number four, granola
0: bars. Oh, G bars. Oh, Firewatch. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my God, Fire W. Um, okay, granola bars. Those are those are crunchy the whole way through. You can eat them for. Br- they're kind of like a meal replacement. Right. Are we talking often? like
0: a Nature Valley granola bar, the one that, that blows up in what the I sawdust? To yeah, the <laughs> Nature yeah. When you take a bite sure. of it, it blows up. It's at every video. Yeah. It's at every GDC uh, in the snack room. There's yes. Nature Valley granola bars. You bite them, so they, they blow up.
3: It's more like something that you eat when you don't, you don't want to do the thing that you're doing, which is eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's that? Oh, a Fortnite. No, any any video game that's free.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a free to play something.
3: It's a that free to sense. play something where you're compelled, and it's like this is my job now. So we could go with Fortnite. You bu- you bite it and it blows up into
2: sawdust. I think it's more Number of a five. disintegration than a blowing up, though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's Number a crumbling. Five. Roasted almonds. Ooh, good, Roasted almonds good,
3: are good ones and you can keep eating them forever, but it, they're always exactly the same. So I think Earth Defense Force. A good, tasty
0: roast. <laughs> that's good for you.
3: Yeah. 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 Number
1: six, dry Cheerios.
2: Okay, Ooh. so that's uh, pretty much exclusively for, for people five and under. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. So,
0: Finger uh, food, they call it.
3: And eventually you throw it on the ground and cry about yeah. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's Disney's Cars the video game. There we go. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, yeah, yeah.
3: So it should be one of those games that's like, and, and I don't know if Disney's Cars the video game is, but where like you would play it as a kid, but it's actually way too difficult. <laughs> it probably
2: has really long yes. cutscenes.
3: Yeah. yeah, and I you're gave, like, I gave my dog a Cheerio once,
0: so it's it's probably suitable like for it. dogs. It Doesn't have sugar in it or anything. We're All talking right. regular Cheerios, not Honey Nut, right? Correct.
1: Regular Cheerios.
0: You know, I bought a popcorn popper on Amazon, and I popped some popcorn today because it just arrived, some white popcorn. Uh,
1: Let's go on to number seven, then. (laughs) Number seven is is caramel popcorn. Ah,
2: caramel popcorn sucks. I'm kind of wondering what happens if you put the Cheerios in the popcorn popper. Uh, I think they just
0: kind of scorch. And they end up up popping out of the... uh, out of the top and over the popper into the bowl. All right, My little watch. dog loved eating popcorn. He loves popcorn. He goes wild
3: okay, for it. Okay, so All right,
2: what's the next one? Caramel-, Caramel, popcorn. Caramel, popcorn. Caramel popcorn.
3: Caramel popcorn is where you take something that could potentially be healthy and then you slather it with something that isn't. Mhm. Mhm.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: So what's that? In virtually any like, AAA video game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Something something wholesome that got covered with something gross. Um oh, actually uh, we were talking about the Valis series the other yeah. day, and uh, oh. they, they later in life, they li- they leased the license out to a porn company that made a bunch right. of, that made two games Valis X and whatever else X all the Valis ladies getting violated by all the demons, and uh, that blows and so that's probably the caramel popcorn one. Yeah. Okay,
1: this should make the next one interesting. Number eight is Buttery Popcorn.
3: Oh, I hate buttery popcorn.
1: Okay. Mo-
3: so movie theater, so it's what it's like an FMV game, like Night Trap, just like uh, FMV stuff. Yeah, I think Night But Trap. it's also I just,
2: like, I, I think of buttered popcorn. I also think of the movie theater, but I, I think of them like giving me this look like something's wrong with me when I say no to the butter.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Most theaters now, they, they let you pump the butter yourself. Yeah. At Alamo Drafthouse, when you absolutely need to spend $60 to watch a movie. Um, that's our official endorsement for them. Uh, Alamo Draft House, I know you're listening to this. Let me, uh, sponsor us. Uh, because yes, y'all please. ain't making money, uh, right now because of that stuff. But, uh, just sponsor us if you want. Um. Yeah, we'll get them back in there. Buttery Popcorn is, is is, like, the standard that you can choose to not have it that way. And you, and 99% of the time they're okay with it. So, what's a video game that people, people make it worse for themselves, but, uh, true murder heads can enjoy it. What's a game like with an easy mode that
3: ruins the game? Yeah. Something like that. Or like a game where you're too compelled to collect things, and then well, yeah, it's not fun that's anymore. what I'm
2: thinking. I'm thinking Animal Crossing. Because Animal Crossing, you can enjoy, but most people just create
3: a job with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Although some people love that job, it's hard to but Animal Crossing's is okay because I think a lot of, enough people love buttered popcorn that I think we won't get too 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 murdered by it. But mine is
1: peanut brittle.
3: Oh my god, pea brit That that that'll break your teeth. Huh? That's a Snoopy yeah.
2: Snoopy versus the Red Baron on the PS2.
3: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why? Because
2: it breaks your teeth. It's peanuts. Come on. It's oh. peanuts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Damn. Okay, number ten. Finally, Cheez Its. Its?
0: I love them. They're not yeah. that crunchy. You don't got Takis on here?
1: No Takis. Oh, I Dang. should have
0: Takis. Takis, God hey. Hand is Takis. So is what Cheez uh, yeah.
1: Its
2: is something I remember as being tasty at some point in my life. And when I've had it in recent years, it's tasted exactly like cardboard.
0: It'll do in a pinch, is what my Cheez So
3: any NES game is yeah, what pretty oh, much. man. Any yeah. NES. I was I like about Any NES.
0: I was about to say it's a lot of Mega Drive games that I lo- that I thought I liked a long time ago that I don't yeah, really yeah, care that much that's about. That's true for
3: me too. But weirdly, a lot of games, Mega Drive games that I thought I didn't like, like a bunch of the licensed games, I actually like now.
0: You know what? Let's let's go ahead and say It's are basically Mega Man one through
2: four. Good. Yeah. No, good one idea. through. All yeah.
1: right. I think our winner this week is Brandon. Brandon came up with some real good ones. Uh, So congratulations, Brandon. You're going to have to come up with a question next episode. Alex, Uh, Jeff, have you you never had
0: Takis? Come on. They're the best. I don't eat Takis. Oh, you should check them out sometime.
1: Maybe I'll try some Takis between this and the next episode, and I'll give you my report.
3: They're Uh, way better than silent films, let me tell you. (laughs) Oh, excellent. Ah! Oh, wonderful, wonderful.
1: Ah, ah, ah! Uh, Does anyone have any plugs or cultural recommendations?
3: I got one. I was watching this movie called Blind... <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I was just going through puberty for a second there. Uh, I was watching this movie called Blind Woman's Curse. BWC. Did I talk about this movie before? I didn't, right? No, I just no. like abbreviating things so that it sounds okay, like I'm not No, I was just that. making sure because I felt like I might have done. Uh, it's a movie where there is a woman who is the head of a Yakuza family, and she had to kill a rival clan leader, and his, his daughter comes back blind and a witch and harasses her. And it's just chock full of amazing visuals. Like, for example, she has a, her, her inner circle of, of tough people is a bunch of ladies who all have a dragon, part of a dragon, tattooed onto their back. So they all have, when they all slam together, they, they get shoulder to shoulder, they complete a full dragon. It's pretty cool. So uh, give that one a look. I'm going to
2: recommend an old video game. OVG. i've been having a great time uh with the saturn game I, I know brandon we've talked about this a little bit called power slave um oh yeah which is basically metroid prime except it's on the saturn and quite a few years before the real metroid prime it's sort of a puzzly platformy first person shooter um with really interesting level designs that wrap around themselves in in those really clever ways that that make you happy and uh Tough as nails, really hard. Every time you beat a level, you just kind of pump your fists because you're so happy that you did that because you're an amazing player. Uh, I really like that game a lot. Go go play that.
3: If you want to play a game like that, but without really amazing level design, go for Turok, which I also like. <laughs> but is you could basically describe it the same way, except without all the fancy level design ideas. Tim,
1: do you have any recommendations?
0: Oh not off the top of my head no i've been doing pretty much the exact same thing all day every day for the last uh uh since the last time i've been in the same place
3: well do you recommend it
0: no no <laughs> no here's what i here's what uh. i recommend when someone uh, asks a very technical question with a bunch of details on twitter don't google something and paste it into your tweet reply mm. and say uh oh mm. if you're not if you're not a professional video editor and uh uh somebody tweets about a video editing problem that they're having, and they tweet a whole bunch of details in a in a thread of multiple tweets. Don't reply to the first tweet asking if the person tried to do x, which is something that they mentioned as one of the possible solutions they explored in the second tweet of the thread. Read the whole thread and then don't reply to it at all uh it, rather than going and and copy pasting something from the internet. That's my recommendation for the week. Pretty fun
1: recommendation. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to have fun with that. Yeah. I have a recommendation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast distributing platform. You can also support the show directly on Patreon at patreon.com slash insert credit. Subscribe at any level. and You can access our episodes one day early or submit your questions to the show. You can follow us all on Twitter. The show is at insert credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Safaldi, Tim is at 108, and Brandon is at Necrosofty. You can also keep the conversation going on forums.insertcredit.com, where some of us may show up to respond to your comments. Until next time, I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Safaldi.
2: I'm Tim Rogers.
1: And
3: I am Brandon Sheffield.
1: And your game has now been saved. Podcast over, yeah! Yeah, that kind of thing.